it's been way too long and I really miss you. I love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Tata PTM. 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 My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Hey guys, welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. This is Justin. I'm over here in LA right now. We've got uh, the one and only Mike across the pond in London. What's up, dude? Yeah, what's good, brother? Nothing. I'm very excited about today. Me too. Me too. And this episode will come out on Halloween. On Halloween, a brand new guest, dare I say, epic guest today. And a great topic that I'm very pumped to talk about. Um, topic today, it's going to be, and Mike, tell me if if you have another way you want to say it, but I was going to say top five movie on-screen chemistry. Yeah, perfect. So, you know, we're going to talk any on-screen chemistry that we love between hypothetically two people. I'm, I guess it could be more, but whether it's, romantic chemistry, sort of a a buddy-buddy chemistry, maybe a hero-villain type chemistry, whichever way we want to plug it. And we're going to bring you our very special guest shortly. But before we do, we're finally bringing back our spotlights. We We took a break for a few weeks. I had been traveling I was making it difficult for us, so we we did not do spotlights for a few weeks. But we are coming back on Halloween with, I mean, we only could do one thing, Halloween Kills. Had to do it. Second movie in this new rebooted trilogy. Mike, what'd you think? Yeah, this movie's a mess. Uh, this, this, you know, besides maybe the brutality of the kills, which is even ramped up in this one, is almost no relation to the the previous film. It feels like totally different filmmakers it's 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 a lot to do with anthony michael hall for some reason they take a whole big like january 6th protest riot insurrection moment for like a half hour that makes no sense then they they just keep they put so much effort into like this michael myers is gonna die at the end of this movie having already announced that there would be another movie and it was like you're wasting so much energy and that was the whole film Totally pointless at the end of it. Nothing important happened. It was just, this was a a huge mess for me. I very much agree with you. Um, Massive fan of the Halloween just world. Michael Myers, I think he's like the scariest villain ever. The 2018 version, you know, the first one in this, unbelievable. Uh, You know, one of my absolute favorites of the entire series just so well done tonally and and just everything. And yeah, what Mike said in terms of the fact that Danny McBride and, and David Gordon Green are behind this one as well. And David Gordon Green directed again. Um, they wrote it. Uh, it's mind blowing because it's so incredibly different. But I wouldn't say in a positive way. There's yeah, there's like a subplot that really just I don't even understand why it's in there. Again, Anthony Michael Hall, I think he's awesome i think he's a great guy like i actually just listened to an interview with him on 
one of our favorite podcasts, of course, Victory, the podcast. And he seems like so cool, but he just didn't quite do it for me in this. And also they sort of made him like the main character. I saw some parallels to Halloween, too, with, you know, Laurie Strode with Jamie Lee Curtis's character just being sort of banged up in the hospital the whole time. So I don't know. It just it didn't have the beautiful and terrifying tension and suspense and the amazing way they shot the first one. This was a bit more just like straight up Michael's killing people and everyone's just going nuts. Yeah. And I mean, I, the ending I personally did not love, but uh, look, we're going to have Halloween ends in a couple of years. So let's see how it ends. Yeah. But agreed. I hope they bring it back more to the first one. Yeah. Halloween kills. Hey, with that said, if you're a horror fan, go see it. There's not much else out there right now in theaters at least. And it's always fun watching Michael, you know, completely just annihilate and murder people. So go check it out regardless. Anyways, the real reason we're here. Top five movie on screen chemistry. And my God, we have a guest that that I've been waiting to bring on. I mean, without further ado, just just a man, very important person from my childhood and from my lake town where I grew up, the one and only Chris McKay. What is up, dude? Guys, what's going on? So happy to be here. And I, I'm just going to rush off and see Halloween Kills after that huge endorsement you guys have. <laughs> You're not use one of your two movies a month on that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. We also, I have to say, before we even get into this, Chris, I mean, we've never been able to do this live with, I don't believe, with someone on the pod. But as we always do, I mean, we have a massive Patreon shout out today, which is which is you, which is Chris McKay. How about that? Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you don't know how much this makes our week, our month, our year. Exactly a dollar fifty each a month is exactly how, <laughs> how much it makes it. But yeah, um, uh, no, you guys are you guys are killing it. And I have like I I stumbled onto this I don't know a month and a half ago, two months ago, something like that. And I've consumed kind of a silly amount of top dives and deep dives uh, over the past m- month or so. And it's just so much fun. You guys are fantastic, and uh, I feel like I won a contest to like do a guest spot on a local radio show or something. (laughs) Awesome. I'm so pumped. Oh dude. Thank you for those kind words. I mean, we're so happy to have you. It's, and it's so fun that you and me get to sort of shoot the shit. Cause it's like, we have, it's not like we've talked in a while outside of, we've been texting a ton because of this, but it's just so fun to actually get on here and be able to be able to talk movies. Cause I know the three of us all love movies. And quick aside, Justin, huge congratulations to you and uh, and your beautiful fiance. I'm thank so you pumped so and, much. Uh, can't wait to see the the whole thing unfold. So, congrats. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, as, as you guys that listen know, Alex, who has been on the podcast, you know, a handful of times, uh, childhood movies, rom coms. We got engaged recently. Very exciting. Yeah. And uh, you met yeah. when you were stalking around Selling Sunset, and. Now- <laughs> Here we go. But, dude, okay, Chris, 
you brought us this amazing topic. I will tell you, I don't know if I've said this to you yet. I don't know. Speaking of Alex, the most honorable mentions we ever had was on childhood movies. (laughs) I might beat that today. I have so many. There's so many good fucking on-screen chemistry. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so I was talking with Mike before, and and it's it was like a really, it's like how do you and and we did not define this before amongst the three of us, right? So it was just on screen chemistry, and then go with it. So you got to kind of pick, you know, is it romantic? Is it uh, parental? Is it comedic? You know, what what is your definition for it? And God, I just I just started like spilling, and then I had a really hard time, and I think Mike did too, in, in differentiating like what is a what is two great individual performances by great actors versus what it, where is there like something extra in the sauce there? And it was a lot of fun to go through. It really goes so deep. Like we really could have cut this any way because like you said, we didn't really define it to each other, which I think was even part of the fun. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm very curious to find out which way you guys went with it. Because for me, I'll say this. I tried, I actively tried to fit in at least a couple different types of chemistry but I will say my heart really wanted me to go one way where I just think there's some unbelievable combos. And I mostly did, but I I needed to level the playing field a little bit. But you'll you'll see as my list progresses, I think, what my favorite type of chemistry is. Yeah, I said this to both of you off pod, but I'll say it here for the listeners. Basically, what I created a massive list then I divided it into like, I think six categories. So I do have one that's not even going to make the pod. And then I chose the film I'm least likely to talk about on another pod for this one. So my list is, it's wacky. Great. We got Mike's throwaway list. <laughs> exactly what we love from Mike. Completely off the wall. It was so hard to, once I had separated them, it was so hard to differentiate which ones I wanted to talk about. It's such an immeasurable thing chemistry you know i I can't wait to hear the 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 best foreign horror chemistry from the 50s (laughs) i'm like i'm i'm waiting for it and and and, hey chris that's 1947 to you oh my lord it's this was so hard such a great topic like I mean, I have probably 30 honorables, but there's at least five that actually pained me not to put on the list. But look, I'm just going to jump in. I'm going to rock it first. Chris, you're going second. Mike, you're third today. Cool. And I am going to cap us in at number five with, I'd say, one of the first movies where I truly was very much aware I in the moment I'll never forget being like wow these two guys have this undeniable unbelievable chemistry that I could just watch them talk about nothing for hours and it really is one of the first movies where I I I remember being so conscious afterwards being like whoa these two guys work really well together and that is George Clooney and Brad Pitt in the Oceans films I have it higher. 
Wow. <laughs> there we go. Bro, we knew this and was going to happen. so it begins. Chris and I, we have just some similar minds. We've, we've done some talking before, and it just – it just happens. It just happens. I'm, you know what? I'm going to ask you guys on the spot here to get a couple more picks in here since it was my number five. Should I slot in something else? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I will go with, you, one of you is going to, I have it higher. Um, I'll go with another, ooh, I'll go with another duo, another male duo, buddy, buddy, who are undeniable. Will Farrell and John C. Riley. Brilliant. Yeah, I do not have this higher. It's on my honorables. So. Amazing. So I was, I mean, these guys are just obviously stepbrothers, Talladega Knights. Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> if, you, if you saw it. Um, yeah. But these guys are unbelievable. I mean, the first time I saw stepbrothers, my mind, I actually like didn't even fully process it the first time. I had to see it a second time. And I was like, this is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. But like they literally could be brothers in the sense of they're just so on each other's level. They they're 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 wit with each other, how quick they are with each other. I mean, it's so natural. It's like I could watch these guys in any movie together, which is clearly why they tried to do that Sherlock Holmes movie that I have not seen, but I've heard was not great. I'm sure, though, that wasn't because of their chemistry. It probably just wasn't a great movie. But, like, they absolutely kill it. And they sort of, like, are somewhat similarly aged. They have a somewhat similar, like, look and, like, feel to them. They just go well together. They're very good compliments, very similar, with similar brands of comedy, yet different enough that it doesn't seem redundant having the two of them in the same room. Yes. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely on my honorables. It's a great call. They're just, yeah, it's, it, you're so in the realness of their, like when they're fighting over the drum set, you're like, they actually, they're actually pissed at each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just so much fun to go on the ride of those two. And, and if you take Will Ferrell and put him with, another actor in another one of his movies and then put that kind of against it you can really see the chemistry shine through with john c Riley. i think i fully agree and, and i'll say i think Step Brothers is the ultimate for me talladega nice is a fantastic movie but there is when thinking about the chemistry having one of them you know be sort of higher up um, in the racing world and always kind of deferring to what he needs sort of until the end of the film obviously it's it works not quite as good as Step Brothers, where like from the moment that they just become best friends, they're just so supportive of each other, like in a way that that almost that rivals any other movie. It's just pure love and support, uh, and that it's just a perfect symmetry between the two of them. That I think definitely consider Step Brothers for my list. It's it's maybe the ultimate in in buddy chemistry. I I agree. I couldn't agree more. For sure. For sure. Love it. Love the pick. Well, here we go, Chris. Your debut pick. Your debut. All right, debut pick. All right. So I am gonna start with my all-time favorite actor, Kevin Costner, and wow. I just said that to give Mike because Mike doesn't know me at all. Like, just 
give him a dark feeling in his heart that like, what did Justin, why did he invite this guy on this pod? Because <laughs> that's not my pick at all. I'm just fucking with you. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Number five, I'm going to, by the way, I, I did, I didn't do this on purpose, but I'm going to let Mike handle 1930 through 2000. I am okay, only nice. in this century. Um, I'm going to 2001 training day with Ethan Hawke and oh, Denzel Washington. Interesting. Wow. And I rewatched this for the first time in probably since college. Uh, so, you know, something like 10 years. And holy shit, they, these, so the, the kind of the evolving power dynamic between these two, so they, they both won best actor in their, in their category. So lead, lead and supporting actor that year. Um, and it is a real like tour de force, but I think that there is something beyond just the two individual performances and Ethan Hawke just ha he, he says at the beginning of the movie, at the very like opening scene, he's, he's trying to rise to detective. He says to his wife, like, you should see those guys' houses. Like, he really wants it. And then in his first meeting with Denzel, who plays this character, Alonzo, um, Ethan Hawke's character says, I, looks at him deadpan and says, I will do anything you want me to do. And he's, he's really kind of like amazed and, and enamored by him. And then... Um, he just he gets all these like mixed feelings about about Denzel's behavior and the first scene where there are shots fired uh it's in like this neighborhood and Ethan Hawke like confronts Denzel and he's like this, this conduct does not fly and Denzel just like brushes it off like that that is the silliest shit I've ever heard young boy run, run along now <laughs> And, and it's, it, it's kind of like his first um, pushback against him is so weak and so easily repelled by Denzel. Um, and then a, a, a little bit later, there's a scene where uh, Denzel needs, to, needs money and they go, to, they go to this guy's house and they're going to stage a crime scene there. And the whole thing, uh, the, the moral conscious, conscience of, of Ethan Hawke's character just kind of overwhelms him and they walk out of the scene and he says, tells Denzel he's quitting and Denzel again overpowers him. And he, and he just like with his charm and just tells him about like, look, this is the path to detective and kind of speaks to Ethan Hawke's deepest desires. And like, I know you don't like that. This is the path, but this is the path. And, and Ethan Hawke relents again. Um, and then by the end uh, of the movie, Ethan Hawke really, steps in kind of takes the power back in the dynamic it, it all comes full circle when he takes the line that denzel uses throughout the movie which is do you want to go to jail or do you want to go home um and then it all kind of culminates in a last five minutes or so that i would i would put up there's just a, this explosive standoff um and an epic denzel monologue where uh the um uh, King Kong, King Kong ain't got shit on me monologue yeah, that I would just put up against like any ending in movie history. Um, and you're just gripped by how the power dynamic has come full circle over the course of this day. And Ethan Hawke, you know, you, 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 I first met him, I guess, as an actor in like dead poet society and Denzel kind of is always this strong character. 
And so it was just kind of startling to me that Ethan Hawke has the chemistry with Denzel to pull off that full circle over the course of the film. Uh, that's all I have to say about the chemistry. I just want to mention about the movie. There are some absolutely insane, uh, I'm just going to list some cast members. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Macy Gray, Cleveland Indians own catcher, Jake Taylor, Tom Berenger, uh, early, early Eva Mendez, Nick Chinlund, who apparently has like a billion acting credits, but I know as Billy Bedlam from Con Air, which I know you guys love. Mm. Um, and Peter Green, who plays uh, Dorian in The Mask. And then my favorite of all of them is Terry Crews in an uncredited performance. Yep. He yep. has, I think he has no lines or one line. He, his job is to wear a blank tank top and just stand there and kind of lick his lips and look intimidating, just like be muscular. And he's like front row center in the King Kong. He got shit on me monologue at the end. It's, I was like, it was just brilliant. What's so great about that is like this legitimately did help launch his career. So like some people did see that and they were like, who is that guy? Yeah. He has no lines, but we've got to get him in white chicks or whatever it was next. You know? Yeah. Yeah, That's it's his second it's his second acting credit on yeah. IMDb. Yeah. Amazing. That's just insane. Dude, this is such a good pick that I can't believe I didn't think of myself. Like it's everything you said, especially of course the point that over the course of this film and this day it comes full circle. I mean the movie is the two of them. It's the two of them. I mean there's so much more obviously to it, but like the end of the day the two of them, there's so many conversations between the two of them and they really just play off each other like gold. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's no wonder that they each won the Academy Award. Yeah. And, and oh my God, that climax scene that you said you'd put up against any, any ending of a film. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Like I've just seen, I'd seen it a handful of times. I hadn't seen it in a while, but I just found myself gripped just on the edge of my couch just it it's, it's remarkable and i think a big part of the chemistry in this that I'm, i know will come up at least once on my list is that you don't dislike either character you're kind of rooting for them somewhat equally until you know the film finally reaches its big sort of crescendo and that's a big big credit to denzel because the movie doesn't work nearly as much if uh you don't like the guy and think he's kind of a badass God, that is such a that's such a brilliant point. Absolutely. So Denzel, not a good dude, but a great for him. <laughs> not a good dude in this movie. Not I mean outside of this. Not, right, 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 right. Yeah. Just to be clear. We love there Denzel. Number five, training day. All right. Amazing. My number five. I just love that you guys have been like intimating that this is gonna be like a fifties French horror film. Um it is not Le Diabolique or anything similar. It is <laughs> exactly the opposite of that and it's such an absurd pick it is the classic film from 2005 waiting oh my god yes <laughs> of course starring justin long and ryan reynolds who are the people i want to talk about also town i don't know if you know this but the guy that wrote and directed this rob mckittrick also wrote tag the movie that you came out so vehemently in favor i love of it on our barbecue <laughs> episode and while this is an absurd movie, I, I do want to say that I think 
Ryan Reynolds and Justin Long in this movie are actually like super underrated in what they're able to do. Because, well, one, Rob McKittrick wrote this when he was working at a restaurant. Um, so it absolutely has to ring true as to what's going on. Obviously exaggerated, you know, to some effect there. But if you've ever worked a shitty job, I hope that you had a friend like Ryan Reynolds because I always did and it just helped get you through the shitty day that you had because Justin Long is doing no comedy. Ryan Reynolds is playing Ryan Reynolds, the same character he's played in the 18 years since this movie came out. (laughs) But it wasn't quite as bad then because he'd only done it in a few movies. But there's just something great about their friendship together. You know, Justin Long's having this terrible day. Um, He doesn't want to work at this restaurant anymore. And you know, there's so many fucking characters in this movie and it kind of just simulates like this inundation of, you know, what to do with your life after college or in this case, like after high school, not dissimilar from The Graduate. Uh, Yes, I just compared those two movies. (laughs) At the end of the day, like Justin Long knows that he can always go home to Ryan Reynolds and he'll give him a beer. He'll keep him from making the wrong decision without like getting too much sort of involved in his life. Um, And they just have a fantastic bond. And I also think what's great about these two performances is that it also, the chemistry also sells the aspect of this friendship that's toxic. Like Ryan Reynolds is in this state of arrested development and only by having this sort of big brother relationship with Justin Long can he convince himself that he's actually doing something worthwhile and maintain this sort of illusion that he's created for himself that he continues at the very end of the film with the new guy. Uh, Mitch. So I just think there's a lot of depth in these two roles that sells the whole aspect of working at this shitty restaurant beyond just being like an absurd comedy from the mid 2000s. I I love this pick because, you know, I love this movie. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, I feel like he's had some great chemistry with a few different people over the years, but I do love his his rapport with our dear friend Justin Long in this movie. I don't even know this movie, and I'm going to have to watch <laughs> it. I put it on my list. Yes, uh, yes. Love Ryan Reynolds. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Dude, a great mid-2000s raunchy comedy. Okay, great. That's right up my alley. Has a cult following. Uh, did, did much better than expected at the box office. Um, check, and- check, check. Also, town, I should tell you that uh, Rob McKittrick, I'm pretty sure, is currently working on writing Wedding Crashers 2. I heard that. So there's Which that. I, that would be amazing. Anyway, this is my, my buddy comedy pick for the list. Amazing. Number five, waiting. Okay, my number four, I decided to get a little romantic. Okay. Get a little... Little little romantic chemistry on the list. And I kept toiling with what movie or what actors I should say to put here because there were a few different ones that really struck me. I kept going back and forth, back and forth. And I think at the end of the day, I just had to go with my heart, which was Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Mm, wedding singer wedding singer i mean obviously you could throw out 50 first dates as well but but i am i am talking about the wedding singer and i have to full disclosure i'm not even that big of a drew barrymore fan like i think with that said i don't have anything against her i just i've never been that big of a fan of hers i know some people are crazy about her 
And I do love Sandler, but I am someone that understood the genius of the wedding singer a little bit later in life. And in recent years, I just, I love this movie. And Sandler, who's someone that I feel like gets unnecessarily shit on occasionally, just, I mean, he does make some movies that are just not great these days, but he seems like a great guy in real life. He, you know, he sticks to his brand. And back during his heyday of the 90s and early 2000s, when he just had hit after hit, this one especially stood out in that him and him and her and Drew Barrymore's chemistry, it just seems so real, so natural. I've seen people write that like they literally don't believe that they are not like in love in real life. And it's just such a sweet love that comes across as so genuine in this movie. And it's impossible not to be drawn into it. And even as someone, I had a couple other films that I'm sure I'll mention in honorables if no one else says that I was like, you know what? Like maybe this one makes more sense. And I was like, no, like this, this one really, really felt real and genuine to me. And I just, I had to include it. I love it. I I had it on my honorables. I have it specifically as wedding singer. You're, uh, you, the, you said sweet love, my God, that's just the kind of the, the nail on the head in two words. Um, and then your whole like lead up about Adam Sandler, uh, in, in kind of his, he has like from his best to his worst, does he not have a bigger gap than almost anybody? It's very wide. Um, and across like different genres and everything, but yeah, his track record and his, and the treatment of some of, I, I agree with you and on everything you said, brilliant pick. I, you. you know, so uh, Chris and I were chatting a bit before the pod and we were talking about how through creating these lists, some actors started to stand out as just like being fantastic, complimentary actors and having chemistry with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of them for me was Drew Barrymore. She is pretty much good with like, I mean, she makes Tom Green likable in fucking uh, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> you know what? It's, Dude, it's fever, fever pitch. She makes Jimmy Fallon a likable leading man. I mean, she is just, she's so good against cars from everybody. She really does. She's just great at this type of role. And, and Wedding Singer is, uh, is, I mean, it's one of the best. It's fucking hilarious. I think we might have talked about it briefly because Billy Idol gives one of the best cameos of all time. But yes, it's just, it, you're right. It's just everything. It's so sweet, juxtaposed against their two, um, you know, her fiance and his, you know, kind of fiance that left him at the altar, just terrible people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, yeah, it's so innocent and sweet. Uh, Christine Taylor tries to step in the way that doesn't work. And they just, they just love each other. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. And I'd argue that. Sandler, especially in that era, like he's had other movies that you could say there's, I don't know, Wedding Singer for some reason for him just stands out on its own for me. Like it's its own thing. Like, yes, there's other movies that he did that are like rom-coms, even like 50 First Dates, but there really was something so genuine just about the movie as a whole, I thought, like, but especially with their chemistry. He, I think he was, he was just better as a sort of romantic chemistry type of lead 
in the 90s because he has good relationships in a lot of movies. In Billy Madison, his relationship is fun. In Happy Gilmore, it's good. Big that's Daddy. That's true. Big Daddy. Big Daddy yeah, that's true. Great. All great. This one, He's though, good. I'm not saying necessarily this is my favorite Sandler. It's up there, but it's it's to me, it's the most genuine. I, there's something I just love about this movie. It's I so agree. sweet. I agree. It's my favorite well, Sandler hair for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The epic mullet. Oh my God. Incredible. It's so good. Great pick. Love it, Tim. Love it. Thank you. All right. 2019. Very brief flashback. Uh, similar in terms of the category, sort of the uh, romantic component. Very different in terms of intensity and tone. This is Daniel Kaluuya and Jody Turner Smith in Queen and Slim. Oh wow! Okay, Ooh, I haven't seen it yet. I just saw this movie for the first time two days ago, like in the theater, not preparing for this list. I just like went to catch it. So very cool pick. Really? Okay. So okay. So I'm gonna start with, with that sex scene. I'm okay. I will get to that. <laughs> no. I will get to that. I will start with the two things that I did not like about this movie because they stand out to me and then I will progress. Anywho, so there's a scene where they go to the bar and uh, Daniel, uh, they play Queen and Slim, so I'll just refer to them as, as their characters. Slim goes to the bar and uh, orders a bourbon and the bartender takes out a bottle of Blanton's and I believe that one or both of you are bourbon fans, yes? Yes. Mike, okay. big fan. Okay, Blanton's is a phenomenal bourbon. And she pours two of them, and he takes the glasses back to Queen. And then he says, I think we got recognized. And it, the, the, the core of the plot is they, they have a uh, first date, and they get pulled over on the way home from the first date. And it's... Uh, it, ends in that I'm not going to spoil anything for you. It, it ends in them killing the cop and the movie kind of, that's how the movie starts and it progresses from there. And so he says, we got recognized. We got to go. And she, or she says, we got to go takes the shot of Blanton's and I'm oh immediately punched in the gut. Like, Oh my God, that was such good bourbon. You just fucking shot it. Like it was fireball. Yeah. And then he says, no, 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 we're fine here. Like, we're good. We're safe. Yeah. And then he also shoots the Blantons. And I'm like, oh, no, oh God. God. <laughs> you weren't, you weren't going to chill. You weren't going to chill. You weren't going to You weren't gonna rush out of here at all. Yeah. And, God, this is like a $50 bottle of bourbon. You just both just shot it. Oh, and he doesn't so, even drink. He doesn't even know the difference. He doesn't even drink. That cut me, that cut me to my... Wow. If you're just chilling, like sip that beautiful bourbon, you know what I'm saying? And then the other thing that didn't work for me was that the, uh, my biggest pet peeve in movies happened in that movie, which is, is that when, when people are in trouble and they observe themselves being talked about on the news or on the radio or whatever, they get annoyed and shut it off. No. That's the exact opposite thing that you do in that situation. You gather all the information that the public has, and then you make your decisions of what to do next based on that information. You're just like, ah, I don't want to hear what the news person's saying about us. That's insane behavior to me. 
Okay. Anywho, now that I'm off my... I loved that rant. I fucking loved <laughs> off it. my rant. Thanks. Um, these two. So there's really... There's a couple scenes throughout about two hours and change that are extremely intense. And then there are very long periods where not that much happens in terms of exciting kind of yeah. things. So what the movie is left with in terms of keeping you gripped is their chemistry, is them getting to know each other and uh, just kind of how that builds on itself. So at the beginning, they're really, they, they're really not getting along. They're quipping at each other. They kind of see the world differently. They're really annoyed. Um, and it goes south quickly. They have the, the traffic stop. Um, and then they're kind of in survival mode after the traffic stop. And um, when they finally get like a moment to breathe out of survival mode, um, like all great love stories, they, this one begins with them stumbling into a dive bar with a live band of old townies playing blues rock. And then they just start dancing and it turns a corner really quickly. They fall in love. Um, there's a great line. I just want to read it quickly. Slim says, what do you want? Queen says, I want a guy to show me myself. I want him to love me so deeply. I'm not afraid to show him how ugly I can be. I want him to show me scars I never knew I had, but I don't want him to make them go away. I want him to hold my hand while I nurse them myself. And I want him to cherish the bruises they leave behind. There's wow. an absolutely insane sex scene mashup <laughs> that you just have to see to believe it's super intense. It's beautifully done, but like, uh, dark and disturbing and, I just kind of had heart palpitations throughout the entire thing, even though not not that many big events happen over the course of the. Um, I, I just I I couldn't more highly recommend this movie. I wept at the end of it, and I was it's it doesn't watch like a thriller, but my heart was doing the things that it does during the thriller the entire time. Whoa! Okay. I've got to see this. I, I had wanted to see it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet because it's so new. Yeah, for me, like there's a lot of stuff that happens with the plot that feels like forced or out of place or unfocused at times that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. There's definitely quite 100%. There's definitely spots where you're like, eh, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it ends up being such a, a beautiful and sort of rich and layered film and all of that comes from the two of them together to the point where you're like, I don't really want to see anything else happen. I just want to see this relationship develop. And, and, you know, from the moment that she, I'm not giving anything away, but she like sort of obviously like metaphorically um, sort of transforms, you know, in this case her hair and she kind of lets her guard down a bit. It's mm. just, it's just, I mean, they just have an amazing romance from there. It's, it's, I really, really enjoyed it. I got to check this one out. This seems yeah. this even when I was like re, obviously throughout the research you look at some lists and everything and I saw this was on a couple lists. So I it seems this is a this is a great pick and I can't wait to watch it myself. Do it up. Nice. Um, number 4. Okay, so that's me for number 4, right? Yes, sir. So, yeah, I think we all went romance for number 4, right? Ooh. I guess town a little bit more comedy. 
uh, mixed in with the romance. And I've done the same thing. Uh, and I'm going to take us to 1991's The Adams Family. Oh. Wow. What a, what a off-the-wall pick right here. Very on brand for Halloween. I have to tell you about the relationship between Morticia and Gomez Adams. Oh, great. Played by Angelica Houston and Raul Julia in, in one of his last roles. Unfortunately, he died just a few years after the sequel. Actually, his last role was as a Bison in Street Fighter. Anyway, side note. No, yeah. 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 So, uh, uh, yeah, man. And, and first of all, Raul Julia just absolutely nails it, uh, as does Angelica Houston. The new animated Adams Family, they're not really nailing it at all, but that's a side note. Um, and the thing is, like, this is just the purest love I've ever seen on screen. Like of all the films I've seen, this is like the only couple that I know is going to be together for the next thousand years. Like he loves her so much to the point of like being infatuated and maybe obsessed. I've thought about this a lot. I'm not sure that Tish loves him quite as much, but she loves like being doted on and the attention and uh, they both play the role perfectly. And, and it just the entire movie and really the entire franchise, like all the little conflicts that happen, it's all, you know, everything's going to be fine. And every, um, all the way that they deal with each other, the family and whatever is going on is coming out of this like bedrock of marriage they have that is so strong that no matter what happens, they're never going to get mad at each other. Um, and they're just going to be like sort of united um, and persevere through. And it truly, I know like this is somewhat tongue in cheek because it's like the Adams family, but truly like this is one of the strongest relationships that I've ever seen put to screen. How about that? I have not seen it in so long. I need to rewatch it, I guess. Get in there, man. Adams family. It's a beautiful thing. Obviously, young Christina Ricci. We hold it down. Amazing. Brilliant. Brilliant. Good pick. All right. We're at number three. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I went I went right back into romance with this one. <laughs> it just felt like the right position for this one to be at, but I I think there is uh two actors that for me I, they're just undeniable. And I have to admit my my lady, my fiance now, Alex, she has veered me towards these two over the last few years. Oh my god, if you say overboard, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> For, she literally, before I got on here, like yesterday, we were talking about this and she was like, oh, well, that would obviously be like in my top five, maybe number one Oh, for her. But uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn for her, mine, which I know would also be on her list, but it's undeniable for me, might be might be like the best romantic duo for me up there, up there. Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Yeah. Pretty Woman. Runaway Bride as well, but definitely Pretty Woman. Like, they're undeniable. I never understood how much of a stud Richard Gere is <laughs> until I watched Pretty Woman. I was like, what? <laughs> like, this man, I. it's like he's he's incredible. Julia Roberts, I have to admit, I never understood fully the appeal of Julia Roberts and not like in any type of uh, like physical way, just like there's certain actress and like actors, actresses that I've always loved. And for whatever reason, growing up, Julia Roberts was not at the top of my list. I know so many people love her so much, 
But I feel like over the last few years, I have this insanely deep appreciation and love for her after either rewatching or watching some films I haven't seen for the first time. And there may be nothing I love her in more than Pretty Woman. Like them mm. two in this, it's absolute cinematic gold. Yeah. It's like, if you don't know the plot, Richard Gere plays Edward, who is this like, you know, very rich corporate uh, businessman. And then he ends up meeting Vivian, who's played by Julia Roberts, who's a prostitute in Los Angeles. And like the dichotomy between them throughout the film, just sort of these two, I mean, perfect setup for a film, right? It's like you have these two very different side of the track humans come together and sort of, I mean, and fall in love. And it's like, it's so wonderful to watch. Also, just like they each play their part so well. And my God, it's just like every scene with them oozes chemistry. It's like, it's almost like they didn't even need to do anything because it's like you just feel it in the in the room at all times whether just the chemistry the sexual tension the fucking the playfulness it's it's truly incredible and and i do have i know i've given her quite a few shout outs on this pick but i have to give it up for alex because it is halloween today when this comes out and for halloween this weekend she will have dressed up finally her dream has been to do this forever for a halloween costume she's dressing up as vivian In like the iconic sort of outfit. But yeah, man, this fucking movie, this couple, I could watch these two in any movie together. Any movie. I think it's one of the best like guy girl combos in film. Richard Gere, Julia Roberts. It's like, give me someone better. Give me someone better. I I just crossed it off my honorable so I don't have to mention it. I mean, it's just... I think I I heard or read or something that the uh, scene where he snaps the uh, the necklace uh, box and and she laughs uh, vivaciously, um, I think that was not I think that was not scripted and he did it and she reacted like that genuinely and they and they kept it. Oh wow, that's so cool! I did not know that. I'm not. That's not the most confident fact that I'm going to present, but I did. I I'm, I didn't come up with that idea on my own. So, uh, but that is representative of exactly what you said. The playfulness, the just, it's there. Oh man, they're just electric in that. You're, you're so in love with how in love they are throughout the whole story. And it's a, it's a wonderful story. Yeah. I'll just quickly chime in. I, I also have come around a lot on Julia Roberts sort of in my later years. Um, this is for sure the best collaboration between the two, but I'll just say I can like I can just take it or leave it with Richard Gere. Like I don't, don't know. Don't you dare. I'm sorry. It just like it works in this film cuz she's amazing and it's like true. Eh, I don't know. I could take it or leave it with that guy. But everybody else loves his performance uh so I'm here for it. I would say Richard Gere's not the most dissimilar actor to Kevin Costner in terms of uh, <laughs> the, the pizzazz they bring to the screen. Yeah, that's hilarious. We're sensing a theme. All right. Is it me at three? Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. Number three, I have, so I have something special for the two of you for my top three. And oh, wow. Is, okay. Uh, all three of them are going to have this. 
So I'm going to 2012. Okay. Emma Watson and Logan Lerman in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. So if you don't know this movie, um, certainly watch it. Um, it I, the coolest short description I read of it was that it was the most authentic high school experience movie ever made. That might be the, you know, the most glowing recommendation of it. So uh, Emma Watson uh, is a girl named Sam, and she is a senior. And Logan Lerman is a boy named Charlie, and he's a freshman. And it begins, uh, you learn very quickly that uh, Charlie has a history of clinical depression. He's socially awkward. Um, he meets Emma Watson's character, Sam, and her stepbrother, Patrick, uh, who's an awesome character throughout the movie, at a football game. And they invite him out to go to a party with them. And they kind of realize at the party that he doesn't have any friends and that yeah. they're going to be his uh gateway to a social life in high school and they kind of wrap their arms around him and they after this party they take charlie on a ride in the pickup truck and it's just the three of them it's emma watson sam uh her stepbrother patrick and charlie and they're they go through this tunnel that's lit um and they uh emma watson stands in the back of the pickup truck and uh shout out to best song in movie oh. uh, David Bowie's we can be heroes plays. And they're just, it's the first time that the three of them have heard the song. They think it's just electric. And uh, Emma Watson's character stands in the back of the pickup truck. Charlie looks up at her and you can tell that he's just totally enamored by her. And uh, Patrick looks over at Charlie and he says, what? And Charlie says, I feel infinite and it's such a cool uh but he's a freshman she's a senior and that dynamic plays throughout they're kind of soulmates they kind of meet at these very different phases in their life there's a really great scene where they put on the rocky horror picture show charlie ends up in a gold speedo and uh emma watson's character sam is like singing a song about sex to him and dancing on him and he just accepts this. Uh, he's just totally awestruck and frozen yeah. and amazed. Yeah. And they just completely nail the, we are, we are spiritually connected, but we are at different phases of our life. Dynamic. Yeah, wow. And uh, there's an incredible scene in her bedroom where they um, start talking about their first kiss and then they kind of uncover this shared dark past that they have together. Um, and, and there's, it, there's this kind of just this innocence and this pureness and realness and, uh, about the scene. And then they, Emma Watson kind of says to him, like, I, I want your first kiss to be with somebody that you love, but I, you know that I have feelings for this older guy. And, she knows his hard feelings um, that she, that he has for her, and he just gives her such a or she, excuse me. She just gives him um, kind of a soft landing spot for those for those feelings. And um, the final scene is just absolutely gorgeous. They uh, they reprise the "We Can Be Heroes." They reprise the tunnel scene. 
This time it's Charlie that stands up in the back of the pickup truck. He shares a beautiful kiss with Emma Watson. And it was just in terms of like a dynamic that I watched unfold on, on scene, it was one that I um, resonated with where, you know, I had, you know, you have like the old, the older girl that you're, uh, you connect with and you're kind of enamored by and yeah. um, you want her to see you uh, like one of her peer guys and, and you're just too young for that. And uh, just makes me, gives me all the feels to, to watch that dynamic play out through that movie. Brother, I cannot tell you how legendary this pick is to me. Like, oh. I fucking love this movie. I'll never forget seeing it in the movie theaters, like not too long after moving to LA and just like, yes, it hits you in all the feels. Their chemistry is, it's undeniable. Everything feels so real. And it's like one of, I think in the last decade, it's one of, if not the best coming of age films. It's so good. Yeah, I think for me, uh, and you already hit on this, Chris, but for me, the number one part of this is authenticity. You know, mm. it, it never fully feels like it's hitting any of the cliches from some of the films that come with it. It rings true um, in terms of experiences you've had in high school. And there's so many different ways to go wrong with movies like this. Like, I don't I don't know if you guys have seen the trailers for this movie, this Dear Evan Hansen movie. It looks so cloying and fake and nothing like what high school is like. It's It's really, really hard to nail that balance. And this is absolutely, I mean, it's my favorite Emma Watson film. I could say that it's, it's, it's a fucking great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Quick side note. I learned, uh, before we recorded this, that, um, Mike has a nickname. (laughs) Yes, he does. Ponytail Mike. Yes, he does. Facts. And one of my favorite, uh, comedic, uh, kind of comedic drama actors on TV right now is the uh, Nicholas Braun who plays Greg in Succession. Nicholas Braun is in this movie with a character named Ponytail Derek. Wow. Oh my God. What a connection that you just made. This is, wow. Just show me the image of Charlie in Always Sunny pointing at all the things on the wall <laughs> connecting with the strings. Right, there it is. Oh. So that's, uh, that was my number three, Emma Watson and Logan Lerman, Perks of Being Wallflower. Fantastic pick. Nicholas Braun's character in Zola is also named Derek, for what it's worth. Just throwing that out there. Wow. Apparently he's just like a Derek. He's got a Derek thing going on. Okay, that's me, number three, right? Yes, sir. I'm going to 2008. Uh, this is a film I saw twice in theaters, and I think one was with you, Town. Um, And I am talking about the amazing romance between our man, Jerry Butts, and Tandy Newton in the 2008 Guy Ritchie film, Rock and Rolla. You didn't. Didn't we see this together? Yes, we did. Of course we did. Oh, my God. I want to make sure I didn't mess that up. I just think this is one of the most underrated chemistry moments, I mean, films of all time. Like these two, it's just sparks flying from the beginning. I mean, she's like sort of the upper class kind of bored, looking for a taste of danger. She's married to a gay guy. You know, she just wants to sort of get mixed up with the crime life. And she just has this like 
devilish, like shit-eating grin, a grin on her face the entire time. She's just loving everything. And he's like, you know, part of the local crime group from the other side of the tracks. He's, you know, he keeps landing on thick. Um, and, and he knows that she loves like all the flirting that he's doing and he's trying to play it cool, but you know, pretty soon into the movie, these two are going to get it on. This is going to happen. Uh, but they're getting so much enjoyment out of the flirting that, that like it progresses slowly over the course of the film. Then they have this amazingly hilarious dance scene. Uh, where they're both dancing like outrageous and so many laughs and they have like subtitles because the music is too loud for you to hear what they're saying. Um, And it's just the funniest moment in the entire film. And all of that tension ends up getting broken with an absurdly like quick cut sex scene that takes like no more than five seconds. Uh, (laughs) And then they just like fall right back into this is like banter mode and i just think the two of them are just electric together they bring most of the laughs i'd say besides tom hardy like in the film um and they're just they're just amazing i could totally see them uh like being a a couple in real life but they just oh it's my favorite part of the whole film dude this is such an out of the blue pick like to me and something that i hadn't thought about at all but is a really great call like they do have unbelievable chemistry and I never would have even thought of this if you didn't bring it up. But this movie rocks, quite literally. And Jerry Butts, Danny Newton, like, what an unexpected duo. Yeah, exactly. And they're just, oh, they're both so good. Have you Brilliant. seen this one, Chris? I've not seen, I, it's not on my radar at all. I'm Put this on the out. list. On Sounds the list. good. Sounds good. Mike, so, you know, with I, I get a, a finite number of movies a month. Should I prioritize this or Faster Pussycat Kill Kill? Oh, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill for both your picks for a month. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> oh okay. God. Okay. One of the best of all time. Okay. Love oh it. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, number two. Number two. This is a big boy for me. This is a big boy. And as you guys are coming to see, sort of with all these, even the ones that are romantic, they're rom-coms, this is going to be a straight comedy. Although, actually, no, it's also sort of a rom-com. But one of my favorite comedic duos of all time, and that is, funny enough, Mike brought it up a little bit ago, slightly, 2005's Wedding Crashers, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Brilliant. And also, I'm going to shout out the internship as well, because I think they're brilliant in that as well. I think it's very underrated if you've never seen it. But Wedding Crashers, one of my favorite comedies of all time. I think Vince Vaughn just has a brand of comedy and a cadence to him. And just he's one of a kind for me. I love him. Um, Owen Wilson on a completely different plane is also one of a kind and it's like where we talked about earlier will ferrell and john c Riley being quite similar and being a good compliment because of that vince vaughn and owen wilson couldn't be more different and vince vaughn is fast talking and he just you know he never stops and he just keeps going and going and going and the way that he says things and owen wilson is much more drawn out and and wow and yeah you know and It's just they're very different and the contrast of them makes them one of the greatest compliments ever for me. It's like 
Owen Wilson is a little bit more grounded and thinks things through a little bit more. Combo that with Vince Vaughn, who's just, you know, let's sleep with these girls. Let's fast, fast, fast. Let's get out of here. I'm a talker, talker, talker. He owns a maple syrup conglomerate, you know? It's just, <laughs> it's like the 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 fucking interplay between them is incredible i i absolutely love it i think it's i think it's brilliant top tier just playing off of each other and i truly could watch these two just just play off each other all day in different scenes i mean both of them have had some great duos otherwise in the sense of i i think they both play well with other actors and actresses but I think there's no greater than them together in Wedding Crashers. It's just, it, it kills it for me. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Thinking about my list, Owen Wilson is the Drew Barrymore of the list. And yes. He is amazing with everybody. His I mean, you could have said Rachel McAdams here. He's 100%. Great. He has great yep. chemistry with, I can't even remember who plays the other one in Cars. I mean, Zoolander. I mean, yep fucking starsky and hutch he's amazing with ben stiller even in shanghai noon he's yes with jackie, jackie chan i mean the guy is just great at it, gelling with whoever he's playing across he really Fantastic is complimentary actor yeah i rewatched this one with with an eye on this episode and uh I didn't even write it down because i kind of thought justin was gonna have it <laughs> and uh, I was just figured I'd let him carry it. But yeah, I mean, right from the opening scene, they just, they're doing the divorce negotiation and they just come out the bat and, and it's, they just really hit you in the face with like, we are really, really good together. Um, and they, they play to the power of, of the, the dynamic of those two quite a bit throughout the movie. And um, yeah, great pick. Bring on Wedding Crashers too. I'm scared, but I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's pray that it can be good. How about it? All right, Chris, number two. All right, number two. Okay, so now we can go back to Justin's number five. This is, so, okay, so I have something special for you, Justin, in particular, just, just heart to heart. So what I'm going to do with this pick is I'm going to triple stamp a double stamp. And the way that I'm going to triple stamp a double stamp, my triple stamp is that my number two pick is George Clooney and Brad Pitt in all three of the Oceans movies because I wasn't going to watch all three of them again and pick. So it was all three of them. And then my double stamp of that triple stamp is that the correct answer to this question, to use Mike's vernacular, is also Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn in all three of the Oceans movies. Oh my God, yes. Oh, wow. Nice. Yes. Uh, and then I'm also going to shout out back to a previous episode of yours for my second pick in a row, Claire de Lune, in terms of a song in a movie, uh, which is the classical song that plays uh, throughout and is just wonderful uh, wow. synchrony with that movie. Are we in Inception? I feel like we're so deep into Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know what's happening. <laughs> I mean, Matt Damon's got great chemistry with them. Oh, uh, all. They I mean, Andy all... Garcia. Yes. Don't forget um, Julia Roberts is there. Yes. So it's a really, it's a really, so what does it for me? Uh, so first of all, to, to Justin's point about like kind of how old he was when these movies were popular. And, and I did, I looked back at what, what, where was I in school when each of them came out? So I had 11 come out in middle school, 12 come out in high school and 13 come out in college. Yeah. So I really got to experience this franchise a little bit as I grew up. And there's just 
no great when when I came up with the idea of on screen chemistry, it was with Brad Pitt and George Clooney in mind. So there's that no greater yeah. There's no greater joy that I get from watching any two people on screen than watching those two in the Ocean's franchise. And for me, it's because they do uh, they do so much in terms of what they create for you with so little. They're the the um, the writing is really, really well done relative to the performance of those two. And, and it, there's, there's just a lot of like not said things, um, you know, in the very, in the very first uh, movie, Brad Pitt's just laying his head on the bar and, and George Clooney says, you know, we got 10, we got 10 should be enough. Brad Pitt doesn't react. Uh, you think we need one more? Brad Pitt yeah. doesn't react. Yeah. Uh, you think we need one more? Brad Pitt doesn't react. And, and, and you know, there's, uh, she has your, yeah, that means she's, yep. Well, you better. Yep. And just like all sorts of these little, like non, non actions and non speaking and the, the negativity or the kind of the white space that they create around them. Just, oh man, for me as a viewer, it just doesn't get better than how little they do and how much it creates. You just said it as good as anyone could ever say it. It's, I won't even try to replicate. I'll just say you just made it so epic in the way that it deserves. But it's just truly, you could watch these two just have a conversation at a bar all day. About nothing. About nothing. Yeah. And you'd love it. It's like, it really was the first time I think that I was very aware. I mean, the first one came out in 2001. I was like 12. And it was the first time I was aware. I was like, holy crap. Like, are the, these guys must be friends in real life because this is just seems too natural. Like, right. yeah. it's, it was unbel- it's unbelievable. I, I, Two stars of that caliber, it could go awry easily. And instead, they just have fantastic chemistry. They, they bring out like the best, both in terms of – Uh, just sort of like their natural charm, but also like some of their funniest roles ever. And Mm -hmm. and just again, in what seems like just being themselves, it's totally natural performances. Some of their best really. Really is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, in 11, there's the, you've been practicing that speech. Haven't you? Did I rush it in 12? There's this great scene with Matt Damon where he thinks he's, he's ready to be a bigger contributor in the play. So they get together with this part, this partner, Matsui, and they pull this lost in translation. Lost in translation. It's the weakest of the three in terms of the movie, but it's an it's an epic scene, um, and uh, and you get uh, uh, Damon in one shot, and then you get Pitt and Clooney sitting together in the other shot. So you get kind of there watching him kind of dive into this state of agony, knowing feeling like totally out of his depth. Um, and, and you get Pitt and Clooney's reaction to that together, sitting together, shoulder to shoulder. God, you just want to like go follow those guys around and watch them go just do life together. It's just so much, so much fun. Love that. Such a good Absolutely pick. love that pick. And Scott, Scott, Scott and Casey Affleck just for, oh, yeah. uh, with a, a, the opposite level of energy yes. but throughout Slay. all three are so much damn fun and just add this kind of side dynamic to the whole series that you know regardless of what's going on in the movie how good the movie is at any given time 
those two, anytime they're on, on screen together, you're having a blast watching them. Yeah. Love that pick. Absolutely. Love that. Amazing pick. Uh, okay. My number two is actually a film that Chris, you unconsciously unknowingly said this to me, just rattling off various films from your childhood before the pod started. Wow. Shit. Um, and this is, so my fourth pick overall, uh, and the category for this film is simply called sex. And I am going to, I know the answer. 1995's Desperado. There it is. Ooh. I mean, this is, it's Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek. Just shut the fuck up. I mean, the chemistry, <laughs> the chemistry was going to be there. It's just shooting guns and fucking. I mean, and the sex scene that they have, it's full of quick cuts. There's multiple positions. There's cameras everywhere. Um, they're hinting at S&M. He's like rubbing this, uh, running this, uh, what's it called? A spur? Like from the his spur of the boot over her body. Like it is just, I mean, honestly, what else is going on in this movie? It is just sex. And and I, what is the line from... Um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall Town with Jack McBrayer, where he's like, when they mix the sex and the violence together, I like it. <laughs> that's, that is the whole, that's the whole purpose of this film. Like, that is it. End of film. The one additional purpose of the film is a brilliant opening scene with Steve Buscemi. Yeah. He's or Buscemi. Oh. Tarantino's great in it, too. Yes. Yeah. And Tarantino. Oh. Just sex, sex, more sex. I mean, honestly. Okay, cross that off my uh, my honorable mentions. Don't have to mention it later because, yes, Boom. you are correct. That is just sex on the screen. Gents, we're at number one. Woo! I can't wait to hear what you have, Dan. Well, for me, I got to admit, when I first thought of this list, well, when Chris gave us this topic and I started thinking about the list, they're truly, for me, was one duo that came to mind so quickly. It really, for me, was the only answer I could ever have because I truly believe, in my personal opinion, there is no duo that I just think is more natural or like just fits together more perfectly than these two gentlemen. And that is Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in the Bad Boys trilogy. Boom! Yes! I literally didn't even think of this somehow. Oh, no! I had debated Men in Black, and I had debated Hitch. Oh, my gosh. Nowhere near as good as these two in my my opinion. I I honestly missed this totally. Quick question before you go, Justin. But Hitch, were you thinking with Eva Mendes, or were you thinking with Kevin Smith? Eva Mendes. Okay. Also great. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and Chris, some background, if you, I, I think we've mentioned this on past episodes, perhaps, but Mike and I literally used to watch Bad Boys 2 together about once a month in college. And it's brilliant. It's just the interplay, the chemistry. I mean, the fact that these guys don't hang out all the time in real life, that blows my mind, honestly. They're buddies, obviously, but but they are so fucking good together they have different brand obviously you know any good duo are gonna have a slightly different brand but it's like martin lawrence is the one he's a little bit more ridiculous you know will smith is like the you know the the good looking gets all the ladies 
but he also has these great just like taglines and lines that he drops. And the two of them together, similar to like when I was talking about Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, but also similar in a way of the natch, like how natural it is between like a George Clooney and a Brad Pitt. These guys just feel like real life best friends. They could go comedically all day again, like with each other. It's like mm-hmm. Will Smith drops something. Martin Lawrence knows something silly to say to to come back with it. Will Smith has some like, you know, uh, smart ass line to bring him back out of it. It's just they go. It's 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 effortless. It's effortless. And, you know, these guys are driving around all day, getting in all these crazy, you know, situations where they almost die. And somehow the the shit that they say to each other throughout all this actually feels somewhat real. And I just, I don't even know if I'm describing it right, but if you've ever seen these movies, these guys just, they were meant to be, how are they not actual fucking partners together on a police force? I don't know because they need to be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all there. I mean, we love bad boys too. I think we've talked about it a few times, but they're just, they're amazing together. This one gets Gabrielle Union in there. So, you know, they have the fights over her, which is great. Both of them have amazing chemistry with the captain, Joe Pantoliano, obviously much smaller role, but like the, the whole movie is fire. Like everyone is just getting along perfectly. Um, and I love how also, you know, they're constant. obviously they care about each other, you know, more than anything. Um, but they also obviously, you know, have their barbs that they throw at each other and they're constantly bantering back and forth. But then I love how they immediately switch from like going at each other into like team mode anytime they want to like make fun of the Cuban guys, for example. Like, the other <laughs> like they just seamlessly like yes, they, yes, they yes. know yes. that they're making fun of each other and that's part of their play. But any other person on earth walks into the room and they're you know, best buds till the end. Yes. And it's just, like you said, it's just seamless. It's effortless. I love it. Yeah. Brilliant pick. They're one of my favorite on-screen duos. I, I have a list of honorables and I have like a couple bolded honorables to make sure that I mentioned that was, that was one of those. And it, Amazing. Um, just bad, even, you know, bad boys, one bad boys, two, both fantastic. Bad boys, two is way funnier is light, a lot lighter uh, a lot like bigger action, um, yep. but God, the two are just, you're exactly right. Like they, it feels the entire time. Like they are that relationship. That's yeah, protected. for sure. And of course, Brilliant don't effect. forget bad boys for life. Okay. This, I, this is a moment I have been waiting for Chris McKay's number one pick. Cannot wait. Okay. It's, it's, it's 2018's remake of A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Wow, this is um, so on brand for you, and I love it. I just, okay, so I rewatched this. Um, I rewatched three movies in my top five. I rewatched Training Day, Queen and Slim, and A Star is Born. And I rewatched it thinking I was going to, yeah, probably put it on the top five. And I was like, wow, that's number one. Holy shit. So I'm going to start with my experience uh, watching it from the end. So the last 30, and I'm, I'm going to try not to give it away because I, I think that everybody should go watch this movie. Um, the last 30 seconds, uh, it fades to black and then it goes directed by Bradley Cooper. And I was like, holy shit, he directed it. I can't believe it. That's 
that's wild. And then the next screen went screenplay by Bradley Cooper and two other guys. And I, and then my mind exploded. And the reason is because Bradley Cooper also, for if you haven't seen it, completely and utterly disappears into this lead male character that he plays, Jackson Maine, who's this uh, country rock star, deeply troubled, alcoholic, uh, drug addict, um, kind of made out of like the Neil Young, Eddie Vedder hybrid ilk. And from the very first moment that he's on screen, you're like, oh my gosh, this is Bradley Cooper. I'm aware of that, but that's not what I'm experiencing. Um, he, he vanishes into this character and it's really amazing. So, um, the chemistry, right? So the the movie starts, he stumbles out of a show and, and he, and he runs out of booze. And so he's tells his driver, like, I I need to go get booze. So he he goes into this burlesque bar and he is first meets Lady Gaga's friend who's played by Anthony Ramos, who's going to be in everything moving forward. He was in the original Hamilton that, uh, Disney put out. Um, he was in, in the Heights, uh, he's really, really charismatic. And then, uh, Lady Gaga sings this song called La Vie en Rose. La Vie en Rose. Thank you. La Vie en Rose. That was my next guess. Uh, a French song that shows up later in the movie in a neon sign that I saw and wondered about. But I, when I was looking up the name of the song, I was like, holy shit. I think that's what it says on the neon sign. Obviously, Lady Gaga just completely slays this song. And then, so for the last, like, big notes of the song, and this is, again, like, basically the opening scene, she turns and she looks straight at the camera, which is Jack's point of view, Bradley Cooper's character's point of view, looking back at her. And as she looks at the camera, you're just like, wow, there, this is, like, I'm going to go on a ride with you. And then almost immediately, she gets up and is walking back to the stage and you get Bradley Cooper's shot looking at her walk to the stage. And you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something is happening here. And and it starts with just like this intrigue and attraction to her talent that, that he has. And then you very soon after, you get this scene in the parking lot uh, where they kind of, uh, they, they had gotten in a fight and they're sitting in a parking lot after. And they... Um, they kind of unravel each other and she sings that obviously the very famous song shallow. She sings the verse for the first, the first time, the chorus for the first time. And, and he's just kind of gazing at her and he just kind of deadpans as she finishes. He just goes, Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, yeah, like you, you are in it with them through the entire film. Um, his star is fading as hers is rising. He hits dark, dark, dark places in his life throughout. Uh, he's deeply addicted and she loves him like so gently through it all. And, and there isn't the, you know, all of the anger uh, that you would expect there to be. There's so little of it. And she, you know, there are outbursts at times and she plays that actually it was one of my great unexpected performances for a a famous singer to come in and do this good of an acting job um and and likewise for a famous actor and bradley cooper to do this good of a singing job which he does all all of the singing yeah um and it just 
very natural and comfortable um, relationship with the two of them, carried by really brilliant music and shallow playing shallow live. And then what I think is an even better song uh, when she does remember us this way solo. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, Oh, just, just does it for me. It's, it's truly fantastic. Like it's, I'll, I remember when it came out and it really was just like, Holy shit. I can't believe Lady Gaga not only is doing this good of a job, but that their chemistry is just so off the charts and everything about this was, was very surprising in a good, in a great way. It you is guys a fantastic have said, choice. said most of it. I will just say very briefly, the first time I went to visit town in LA, I was like getting ready to go to the airport and it was the day the Oscars were on. And the very last thing I saw before going to the airport was that live performance they uh-huh. did? And I think Dylan was there. And we like looked at each other and we were like, "Are they about to fuck?" On <laughs> and then I got on. I got on the plane, which takes like a fucking million hours to get back to London. And when I landed, I just like opened my phone, and the entire internet was like, "Were they about to fuck on stage?" Yeah, and I was like, right. "Yes, exactly. That was so crazy." Yeah. Uh, and I yeah, I just saw this in the last six months. Loved it. I had no idea how much you know Bradley Cooper gave to the role. Um, Lady Gaga is becoming. I mean, I'm. I'm. Honestly, I've gotten excited for the Gucci movie. Let's just say that. That's, yeah. That's how much I like your performance. So, great, great pick. Great pick. Okay, that's me. My number one. Yes. Last pick of the pod. So wow. dangerous for you guys to leave me to close the pod. It's just <laughs> never a smart play. Um, but I'm happy that it is because I'm going to bring you the first thruple of the pod. Three-person chemistry, and this is a huge film, and it wouldn't work at all unless all three pieces of this were in perfect harmony. I love it. Can't believe I'm talking about this film. Cannot believe that I'm talking about it, number one, to be honest. But that is 2003's Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Oh, Oh my God. What a pick. This... I'm glad I saw this like this came out when we were growing up because like there's no fucking way that I would see this now. Like it just sounds like it would be an absolute disaster. And it's it's a great fucking film. I don't know exactly who's responsible besides maybe Johnny Depp, but the whole thing just works. And his character was, you know, at first not even there. Then they were going to cast someone totally different in like kind of a macho type role, which wouldn't have really worked. Um, and then he came in and just sort of changed the face of the franchise forever. And all of their relationships with each other um, are absolutely crucial. And, you know, if you take anyone at any one of them out of the equation, the movie really doesn't work at all. So, you know, basically we get we see the beginning of the movie where we get the to understand that like Orlando Bloom likes Keira Knightley, Keira Knightley likes Orlando Bloom, but Orlando Bloom is too much of a bitch to do anything about it because of like <laughs> decorum. And then boom, Jack Sparrow enters the situation and everything changed. I mean, he I mean he it's kind of instigated, but basically Keira Knightley, even though she gets kidnapped, she also like needs to be free from the sort of shackles that her parents have put on her. She likes pirates, she needs that sense of adventure, and he brings her sort of into that life. Then he kind of becomes this like surrogate father figure for Orlando Bloom, um, you know, teaching him about the sort of the ways of the pirate and like helping him find who he is. Um, not unlike one James Earl Jones, but 
and then of course you get Keira Knightley. Um, you know, they they have the whole thing on the island with Keira Knightley and Johnny Depp, where she bests him and kind of finds her way and her wiles as a strong sort of independent woman. And all of this is just to make the fact that Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley, while it sounds like they should have chemistry um, without having a third character, they don't because Orlando Bloom is an awful actor and he's just unable <laughs> to communicate anything at all whatsoever. And this movie, again, it just doesn't, I mean, let's just put it this way. The best that this movie should be is Jungle Cruise. I mean, they they tried to do the same thing, make a movie out of a ride. Um, and there's no way that it should be as good as it is. None of the sequels are any good. This film just fucking works. And the three of them are just perfect for each other. I don't know what else to say. I'm calling it right now. This might be the biggest wild card Mike has ever thrown. <laughs> this is not a type of Mike pick that you would normally get. No, you just completely stunned me. This is just so out of the blue. I, I don't disagree. I mean, it's a great thruple. I just, I, I didn't even think of it, if I'm being completely honest. And the fact that you, out of the three of us, thought to bring Pirates of the Caribbean into this, I am just stunned. Had I, to bring I, a thruple. I had, that was one of wow. my key categories. It had to be a thruple. And this, wow. this is the, and again, it's, it's such a big film that would have been an absolute flop if it wasn't for the balance that they're able to pull off. So true. It's so true. I love, I love the dynamic among these that, you know, you just have so many classic scenes with the sword fight and the, the why is the rum gone? And, yeah. and they individually each, each duo within the thruple have good chemistry among, uh, you know, yes. It, and and then when you have all three of them together, it really kind of kicks into the next gear. I remember um, reading that Johnny Depp mo- uh, modeled the character after Keith Richards. Keith Richards, yeah. Never yep. really, never really meant anything to me. And then, th- so three years after I read that, I saw a Keith Richards interview, and I was like, "Holy shit! <laughs> wow, did he nail that?" <laughs> Like legitimately, it's insane how much he nails it. Uh huh. Uh huh. And oh, awesome. And the thing is, like, the movie. I mean, I don't understand like who else they could have cast to do something different because the thruple really only works because one, uh, you know, the main character is not Jack Sparrow. That sort of happens later in the series, and it's terrible. And two, like, he's essentially asexual. Like, there's no thought that Johnny Depp is ever going to get with Keira Knightley. That was never going to be part of the equation. And if he was, it would destroy the entire chemistry, and Orlando Blue would probably go cry about it or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Great pick. Incredible. Incredible. I love it. So that's it. Should we, do, should we do a recap? Let's do a recap. So pretty much we're just going to quickly give it five to one, each of us in order. So mine was number five. Originally, it was George Clooney and Brad Pitt in the Oceans films, but I audibled over to Will Ferrell and John C. Riley in Step Brothers and all their other movies together. Four, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore in The Wedding Singer. Three, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman or Runaway Bride. Two, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson in Wedding Crashers, also The Internship. And one, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in The Bad Boys Trilogy. What a light, fun, happy list you have. Just, yeah. hear, uh, just hearing that back. So light and fun. Big hug. Big hug. Such a big hug. 
My top five, uh, Training Day, Ethan Hawke and Denzel Washington, Queen and Slim, Daniel Kaluuya and Jody Turner-Smith. And then uh, we get into my uh, top three, Perks of Being a Wallflower, Emma Watson and Logan, Logan Lerman, with a shout out to one of my favorite uh, songs in film, Heroes by David Bowie in that scene in the tunnel. Yeah. Uh, then we get into the reason that Town had to audible, uh, the Ocean's Ocean's trilogy, my triple stamp, double stamp, George Clooney and Brad Pitt, but also Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn. Yes. And also one of my favorite songs in movies, Claire de Lune. Oh. And then uh, the best, uh, Star is Born, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. And also one of my favorite songs in movies, Shallow slash Remember Us This Way, because they're both fucking awesome. I, I love that on your first time on the pod, not only did you cheat, which is absolutely critical, you've, <laughs> you've called back to previous episodes. You just love to hear that. Also, just like th- those two things. And then I'm just going to say he trifected by just deciding to pair a few of those films with with some favorite songs in film. It's just a beautiful thing. It's, it's just incredible. Um, okay. My number five is uh, Waiting, Ryan Reynolds and my guy, Justin Long. Uh, number four is The Adams Family with Angelica Houston and Raul Julia. Three is Rock and Rolla, Tandy Newton, and our man Jerry Butts, Hero of the Pod. Two is Desperado uh, with Selma Hayek and Antonio Bears. And one is Pirates of the Caribbean with Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, and Keira Knightley in our only thruple. Unbelievable. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know we've got honorables. Yeah. Oh, I got honorables, honorables right. and honorables galore. Town, fire off a few, and then maybe we'll pass it around to keep going like that. Okay, I'm gonna fire off a few. I'm gonna quickly just say say it quick. If you boys have anything to add, do so. Once I'll I'll knock out like five right now. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, gotta mention one of the first on screen romances that I ever cared about that led to a love for my favorite actor, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet in Titanic. I, I kind of assumed that would be on your top five, but neither here nor there. Uh, honorable mention number one, I suppose. It was going to be. But anyway, honorable mention number one, here we are. Um, I will say, I know it's a little bit controversial these days because of where one of these actors has landed, but I got to say Seth Rogen and James Franco. I just love their chemistry. Pineapple Express, This is the End, The Interview, Freaks and Geeks back in the day. I've got to say Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy in the Before Trilogy. Yeah. I mean, you believe it. It's, it's, it's a amazing. One. It's a big one. It's a big one. I'll say Mel Gibson and Danny Glover in the Lethal Weapon series. Mm. Um, absolutely love how they play off each other. And I will drop one more for now. I will say Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze as enemies oh, wow. in Point Break. It's a great pick. Okay. I dig it. All right, I'm going to knock off a few, and I Love will pick it. up right right where you left off with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock and Speed. Mm. Yes, which man, I I you know somebody mentioned it, or I I and I started watching some clips, and I was like, oh man!" I, first of all, I loved this movie. Uh, it was like at the time when that type of movie was being made a lot with like Con Air and The Rocket kind of came out all at the same time. And, uh, and gosh, the, the two of them are, are really electric. And there's this great line at the end where uh, Sandra Bullock looks at him and says, you didn't leave me. And uh, Jack, Keanu Reeves' character, says, I didn't have anywhere to be just then. <laughs> Fantastic. 
<laughs> oh, fucking Keanu. I love him. The two that I that I had a really hard time not working into my top five that were that were kind of favorites and alternates. Um, Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill and Superbad. Yes, that is also yeah. on my list. Um, just one of my favorite kind of just like depictions of you know boyhood friend, like high school boyhood friendship, and um, and the whole like we're going to college and we're going to separate colleges dynamic just kind of weighs on the whole thing throughout the. Throughout and uh, absolutely loved it. Um, Ryan Hurst and Wood Harris in Remember the Titans. They play oh, uh, yes. Gary Bertier wow. and Julius. Um, Strong side. I, I didn't think that, you know, either individual performance carried the movie and they're kind of overshadowed by Denzel, who's just brilliant. And, and the, but the two of them together are, God, you just, you're, you have so much invested when you're watching that, that movie, um, as to how their relationship will develop. And then uh, a couple other romantic ones, uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone in crazy, stupid love. Yeah. Uh, that is very cool. steamy that is and well. awesome and, and like fun and, and, uh, casual, enjoyable. Um, and then, so funny, Mike had this, uh, he had Desperado and, uh, we had talked about, are these individual great performance or performances or is this chemistry? And the only reason I didn't include Desperado was because I also included Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones in Zorro. Mm. And they have just like an insanely sexy dance scene and their sword fight scene. And then I was like, okay, Antonio Banderas is just a sexy beast. And we'll just, you know, that, that's what that was. That's but, <laughs> Yeah. I, I did have Zeta Jones and Banderas as also Selma Hayek and Banderas and my honorables. Incredible. Beautiful. Um, okay, I'll fire off a few. I'm going to start off with The Mummy, Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. Yes. I've not seen this, actually. What? what? Ever? <laughs> Ever. No. Okay. All right. All right. Well, movies Chris. I don't see episode. Movies Holy, that, that is, wow, what another callback. Yes, that is exactly what you need to watch for that episode. Okay. Oh my God, I can't even, wow. My mind's blown. Um, also, town fun fact, I learned like just this week that in the script for The Mummy, Rachel Weiss's character is introduced as a typical prudish nightmare. That is the <laughs> harshest thing I've ever heard written in a script. And it also not the all. vibe I get from her in that. Not at all, not at all unacceptable rachel Weiss um, saw that and was like fuck that i'm not playing it that way yeah and it's a, it's beautiful um i had uh this is kind of a buddy thing but end of watch with michael pena and jake gyllenhaal i had that as well mm. they're fucking great together yep um a movie that i don't really love but these two just have fantastic chemistry is the thomas crown affair pierce Brosnan oh. and renee russo Ooh, oh. what a call Oh my God, yes, Chris. Wait, that's so topical for yeah, you and me. Can I talk to that for just one second? Please. Okay, so I so when you guys did Song in a Movie episode, I and I wanted to work this into my top five because I wanted to include Nina Simone's Sinnerman in this, which is a very cool song that they kind of tease throughout all of the heisty scenes in. Uh, in Thomas Crown Affair, and then they they play it in full at the end uh, during the kind of the final heist scene. And so I had texted Justin and said, "Dude, 
this, this, this would be near the top of my list for songs in a movie. And he said, I haven't seen it in so long. And I said, you got to go watch that. Um, but yeah, they have a beautiful love scene in that the whole soundtrack is very like saxophone and trumpet forward. It's really jazzy and, and, and really nice. And then there's just like, they just do cool billionaire shit in it. Like they have this catamaran sailing scene they hang glide over this beautiful fall foliage in connecticut they go to this sick mountaintop villa in the caribbean like yeah it's so it's just it's it's a fun one so gents i want to hang with you guys like that (laughs) i don't think we have it like that we gotta start stealing paintings all right let's (laughs) fucking steal paintings let's let's fucking learn um okay two more and i'll pass it back so casino royale Ava Green and Daniel Craig. That's I think maybe most wow. of my favorite Bond exchanges. They're just wow. so fucking good at like jabbing back at each other. They just have yep. amazing chemistry. And the last That's one I'll call. say is a movie I took a chance on rewatching that I, I remember just being sort of blah, but I think it's one that gets talked about in this conversation, which is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. It's true. So here's the deal on Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The first hour and a half of that movie is so blah. And then Everything comes together in the last half hour and all you've ever wanted from the chemistry between the two of them, they just cash in on everything that they've set up right there. And that part totally works. The rest of the film is just eh, but by the end they figure it out and it's fucking on fire. Dude, what clearly it and it ended in a divorce and a marriage. So like yeah. there was there was chemistry there. There was and the and the divorce involved Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Which just still breaks my heart to this day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tom, uh. throw out a few more. All right, a few more. Uh, I gotta, I gotta rep my guy, Norm Macdonald. Rest in peace, Norm Macdonald and Artie Lang in Dirty Work. And I mean, you could make it a thruple with Chris Farley if you want. Oh, I like it. But I love those guys. Let's see. Oh, I have to say this, my guys. Speaking of another rest in peace, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. Mm. Which also, I can then say Tyrese and Ludacris. Dude, but also Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez. But also Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez. Mm. But also Paul Walker and Jordana Brewster. I could just keep going. Eh, um, I don't know about that one. No, <laughs> I, I think that yeah. people give her too hard of a time. But, um, okay, that is one. Oh, another one I really wanted to say that's very important to me that I had debated getting into my list. Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal in When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, good. One of my all-time favorite movies. And, I mean... It works because of the two leads and they really do seem like strangers that become best friends that fall in love and it's it's beautiful. So I'd say that and if I had to drop one more, I will go with on this long fucking list that I have. You know what? I'm going to go animated. Tom Hanks and Tim Allen in the Toy Story series. Nice. Okay, nice. I would say animated, I would have gone maybe Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy. Which, 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 is that a... Oh, Shrek, Shrek. Oh my God, of course, of course. And Antonio Banderas, if you want to throw And Antonio Banderas, <laughs> yes, there you go. See, the guy brings it. He really fucking does. It's outrageous. I'm like, if I really wanted to go another, another animated one, just for fun, Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella, Lion King, to moment. Oh, oh, great. Okay. Great. How, so, Justin, how did you not mention Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels? Okay, that is also on. Uh, that is very true. How the fuck did I? It's on my honorables. I can't believe I just did not mention that. 
Dumb and Dumber, one of the greatest duos of all time. Yeah, that's that's on my honorables high up. I I don't know how I skipped that. I'm looking at my list right now. You also get like you get like a, a classic comedic actor with like a not not comedic not you don't think of him as a comedic actor, and it's really it works really well, unbelievably well. Yeah, Jeff Daniels is so funny in it. It's yeah. just, it's incredible. Yeah. I, as people that know me well or listen, have listened to other episodes of the pod, Dumb and Dumber, I think is the funniest movie ever made. So I obviously think those two have quite some great chemistry. So I will, um, I'll just rattle off uh, a few more on my list. Uh, in the romantic side, really liked uh, Penelope Cruz and Johnny Depp in Blow, mm. Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell in Overboard. There it is. On the comedic side, really like uh, Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel and I Love You, Man. Uh, yep. Also from Superbad, Seth Rogen and Bill Hader yep. as the cops. Uh, really, you know, play the second secondary uh, storyline that's brilliant. Um, Jonah Hill and Leo in Wolf of Wall Street, uh, really well together. Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill and Jump Street are, yep. are really good. Absolutely. Um, kind of drama, uh, De Niro and Cuba Gooding Jr. and Men of Honor, I think is, is intense and, and works for me. Um, a little bit of like a parental or, or that dynamic, Robin Williams and Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Um, Christian Bale and Melissa Leo in The Fighter. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and then one that I just think is absolutely hysterical, Steve Carell and, uh, uh, actress named Britt Robertson who plays his his middle daughter in 2007's Dan in Real Life and Whoa. it's just a hysterical um deep cut yeah middle middle daughter of a divorced father relationship that's just just works um and then I have five that are just just for fun um Alex Honnold and El Capitan in Free Solo <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tom Hanks and the volleyball in Castaway, because how else do you just be we'll one see. person in a movie and carry the whole damn thing with nobody there to react to? Ansel Elgort and Subaru Impreza in Baby Driver. <laughs> uh, Zach Morris and Kelly Kapowski in Saved by the Bell Wedding in Las Vegas, which is technically a TV movie. I did look Got that it. up. It's Got a- it. And then um, just this was just they, they were just peak cool and peak hot in kind of a formative time for me when this came out. But Tara Reid and Ryan Reynolds in Van Dude. Oh, yeah. Yes. I fully agree. There you go. Um, yeah. I, I guess I'll just throw out like maybe two or three more. We so I feel like in the Sandler discussion we had, I love the Sandler love that we had, mm-hmm. but we missed Punch Drunk Love. And we missed him with and Feruza Balk in The Water Boy. I mean, that's just a match made in heaven. Oh my god, ah, that's true. Yeah. That did work. That did work really well. Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger, Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm, you nice also get it. Heath in Brokeback Mountain. We could have done that. I think would have been good. The, you know what? The last one I'll throw out is, which is a very strange thing to say about somebody, but you know where the chemistry is great is Elf. Zoe Deschanel, like at this time, was always playing like these sort of offbeat, like whimsical characters. Not that she doesn't do that now, but like it was to an extreme to the point where the only match for her would be an elf. And I think it works. <laughs> I think it works. <laughs> oh my God. That's hysterical. There, yeah, there's like, I guess, kind of like a sweet innocence to it. It's, there really it's, a lot is. Of, it's a lot of fun. There Mike, really is. Can I tell you the one duo you forgot that I know you're going to be happy I mentioned right now? Please do. Cal Penn and John Cho. Mm. I mean, 
What about John Cho and the MILF guy? I was thinking that oh, as well. That other guy. I was thinking that as well. The two MILF guys from American Pie. Or, or Jennifer Coolidge and, and Shipbreak. So true. Wow. Oh, yeah. That would be. And Finch. Yeah. Fucking. Oh, God. American Pie. That, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Honestly, <laughs> I would need you guys to know that my honorables list is so long. But between you guys, I think you hit every single person on my honorables list. Like Chris's last onslaught, like he had like six in a row that were just like my next six. Just man, the man and I are on the same wavelength. That's amazing. Yeah, we figured that out a while ago. We did. We did. Also, Owen Wilson with anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we didn't even talk about like his ensemble work in Wes Anderson films. I mean, he's... He's just, yeah, he's great. The man must be a delight to be around. Oh, yeah. Well. Guys, this has been an absolute uh, honor and a pleasure and a privilege. And uh, I had so much fun listening to you. And le- thank you for letting me into your world for a little while. We we have been, I was going to say the pleasure is all ours, but we've been honored to have you here, man. It's It's been so much fun. Truly, as we say to every guest, like which is always genuine. We can't wait to have you again, and we will. Right on. Great, great topic. Loved having you on. Just a great ep overall. Yeah. You know what I really enjoyed about the three of our conversation? I really enjoyed our chemistry. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, maybe that's why you planned this in the first place. I see where this, yeah. this, this all had, you had this button for the end of this the whole time. Tarantino'd that shit. Wow. You really did. You really did. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Dude, John Travolta and Samuel Jackson, though, Pulp Fiction. I mean, Seriously, how did we not right. say that? <laughs> Sorry. Nick Cage and Sean Connery in The Rock. <laughs> oh, that, that's but plus Ed Harris. I mean, they're not together, but like it works beautifully. I could keep going. <laughs> Do we need a Doctor Action every Gerard Butler movie? We just throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bruce Willis and Reginald Vil Johnson in Die Hard. What? Mm, that's a great that. team. It's a great team. Okay, okay, yeah, we could do this all day. We could do this all day. But Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, this was fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. Chris, thank you again, dude. We loved Cheers. having you. You guys know if you want to find us, Instagram, Top Fives and Deep Dives, Twitter, at Top Dives. If you want to be like Chris and join the Patreon, check it out. We're at Top Fives and Deep Dives on their website. Quick outsider's perspective. I joined this. This is not me plugging this. This is, you know, Justin plugs it. It's fantastic. You should absolutely do it. It's almost no money. It's a cup of coffee and get some really, really cool stuff and just more time with Justin and Mike. And they've got a fantastic dynamic and and show. So um, you should absolutely do it. I mean, the guy's a pro. I mean, this is this is unbelievable. We need you on every episode. Seriously. All right. We love y'all. We'll see you next week. Top fives and deep dives. Peace. Top fives and deep dives. We're tired of PTM. Top fives and deep dives. We're tired of PTM. Top fives and deep dives. We're tired of PTM. Top fives and deep dives. We're tired of PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantonius. 
That is the silliest shit I've ever heard.